How lovely. After that welcome, this had better be good or else. I know, my goodness. You now, are well trained. Excellent. Very good audience so far, but it's early days yet. Yeah. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, I like to season these little conversations with a bit of research so that I can go through all the credits of my guest. But honestly, when I Googled Miss Walters here, I just looked at the... And I thought, there's so much here. I'll, even if doing the credits will take me an hour. We'll have no time for chat. <laughs> because it's been an extraordinary career. When you just think about the people you've worked with, uh, Julia Victoria Wood, Alan Bennett, Alan Bleasdale... Mike Lee, uh, Willie Russell, uh, Arthur Miller, William Shakespeare. I mean, <laughs> you only work with the best. You never turned up. <laughs> and then one thinks about, you know, the Harry Potter films, and one thinks about Billy Elliot, and latterly you're playing Mo Mulham and Mary Whitehouse. Not in the same film, I don't no. think. <laughs> oh, that would have been a real challenge. Yeah, it would have been interesting. And, Julia, it's a sort of four-decade career, and you've ended up with, now let's see if I can get this right, there's one Golden Globe, two international Emmys, and Olivier for your performance in All My Sons here at the National. Uh, I mentioned the Golden Globe, didn't I? Oh, two Oscar nominations for Billy Elliot and Educating Rita, and not one, not two, not three, but seven BAFTAs. Seven. <laughs> now, I'm sorry, Julie, but don't you think that's being a bit greedy? I mean, can't you give the other girls a chance well, every now and then? It cost me a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are on the set of your current success. Yes. The last of the housemans in which you play Judy, if you like, uh, a wild child of the 60s who's coming to terms with later life and her adult children come to see her, and here we are on the set. So were you looking to come back? To, it's the first time on stage since Acorn Antiques, the musical, I should yes. think, isn't it? Were you looking to get back to the live theatre? Oh, yeah. No, I love theatre. It's so... Uh, it was just exciting. And it's, you're in charge of the telling of the story. And, and I love the national, mainly because it's in repertoire. So you don't have to do it every night. But no. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the National is a lovely, lovely place to work because there are lots of other actors here doing other shows. There's just a great feel to it. Just, uh, but now under Nick Heitner, it's just amazing. It's really buzzy and full of life. And so this wonderful script and the combination of being here was just, well, a girl couldn't. Really. So what was it about the script that you liked then when you first had a look at it? Well, it's brilliantly written and it's, it's f funny and it's really touching and moving and it's edgy and uncomfortable and very real. And, um, and I kind of, I, I, I've never met anyone like Judy Houseman, but I felt immediately, the character that I play, but I felt immediately that I know this woman. I know her. She's a, you know, she's a very posh hippie, or was. And, um, and I kind of... Who it is, I know. I must have met someone like her, I don't know. But uh, she just... It's one of those characters that goes into your heart, you know, and you think, yes, no, I know. But others, you have to really work hard. I did have to work hard to find her, mm -hmm. actually. But, but nevertheless, it, it was just a... She's a fantastic character. And I thought... Because, I mean, probably because you've been doing so much screen work, but I think you've only done two stage pieces in the last 10, because All My Sons yeah. was, what, 2000? Yeah, it was, yes. So that's only two, two uh, stage experiences in 12 years. Do you, do the muscles get a bit rusty from the sort of I'm lack of sure, use? Yeah, or? I'm not sure they do, really. Mm -hmm. I wondered what it would be, uh, what it would be like, because I haven't done a straight play mm. since 2000. But um, 
yeah, just walking on. I suddenly, as soon as we got into the Littleton and walked onto the stage, I felt comfortable. And I thought, it is my kind of, more my home than mm. a film set is. I mean, filming is, I love filming as well. Um, you know, it's like a family and everyone's doing different jobs. I love all of that. But there's just something about the stage. It's, you know, coming out of a rehearsal room onto the stage, instead of it being, oh my God, it was, oh. Yeah, I'm not saying I wasn't nervous as anything when we first did it, that's, but that's a different thing. And it was just a, a feeling of comfort, and I love it where I feel I belong somewhere. Mm. And you, you never lose the instinct to play to a live audience, then. It's something, it's a gift you always have, presumably. I, I think so, yeah. I, I, I don't know, I can't speak for other actors, but mm. I, I think so. I mean, and this, is, this is quite a hard one. Not you lot, you're not, <laughs> obviously. But um, th this theatre is quite hard quite, to play. In what way? Well, acoustically, mm -hmm. it's really... You, you know, because in, in rehearsal, we were, you know, you can be really intimate in the rehearsal room, and Howard, our wonderful director, and, and everyone else in the stage management are all sitting, you know, there at the edge of the stage. So everything can be very intimate. The minute you get on here, you have to change everything. I've got a line where I, I say to Rory, I say to him, I had to go to Plymouth to have a big chunk cut out of my leg. Look, Nicky. And I show him he's terribly embarrassed. And, and I show him, but I couldn't play it like that. I had to say, I had to, I had to go to, you know, you're almost playing it to the audience. Mm. I, had to go to, I had to go to Plymouth to have a big chunk cut out of my leg. And men, you know, that sort of thing. I know that's very boring to tell you that. But it's that sort of thing. Mm. You have to adjust hugely. And it's very, it's dead underneath the, um, the balcony. The overhang from the yeah. circle, yeah because of all the, the concrete and everything. Mm -hmm. So you really, it is, that's, that's the biggest, most difficult thing. So you have to give pushing. it plenty of projection. Then. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, yeah, so we have to um, do warm our voices. Mine doesn't sound very warmed up, does it? I'm sounding a bit like Paul Robeson or somebody. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, yes, you have to warm it up. It's hugely before you play here, and unlike the Cottesloe, which is heaven, of well, course. Because you you it's like being in a film, <laughs> only you're on stage, it's fantastic. But each, each auditorium has it. I mean, have you played? You haven't played the Olivier no, yet. God, that must. You're God looking forward to that. It. No. I don't know what that would be like. <laughs> I can't imagine because you have to really sort of push here. So. So you have to remind yourself that you want to fit the back of the circle. Yes, and really, underneath. And underneath as well. So give that particular. I'll bear that in mind later on. Now, <laughs> talking about the character of Judy, I mean, do you think? I'm, I don't quite have my, my mind ever whether it's because of how she was that her children have turned out that way or whether they would have done anyway because lots of kids from very stable backgrounds yes. tend to, you know, I go off the rails a bit. What do you think? Well, I think their upbringing has had a huge um, impact mm. on them. The fact that their mother sort of, the backstory of it is that when my character was young, she was this hippie and... She, you know, she went. She had very oppressive, authoritarian parents, and she went completely off the rails once she was at university, and and had these two children. Quite early on, the chap, the father, disappeared, mm -hmm. and she ended up. Uh, you know, she was a hippie, and she ended up going to Pune in India, with where Bhagwan Rajneesh um, was. I don't know if you remember him, the Orange People. He was a sort of kind of cult. Well, he wasn't a cult in a sense, but it was a, a sort of movement. And he was a kind of guru, and she and and she went and joined that with the children, and it was completely, you know, um, free love, free sex, free everything, and the children were all brought up uh, all together, and the parents never saw the parents, and she just went off the rails. Eventually, brought them home, and and the parents who were they, they then were brought up by her parents, mm. and so they're very angry, basically, two very angry people, and um, and and it's had a huge. Uh, without going into the play, because mm. some of you might not have seen it. 
those people who haven't seen it can leave now, actually. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> so, so, but I think it must have had a mm. huge impact, you know, not feeling secure, not being able to make proper relationships and um, all of that. And, and, yeah, I think it will have had. And also, there'll be genetic stuff, so, mm. you know, as well, and all sorts in there, but... Because, certainly. I mean, I think I was thinking of, uh, after the play about a sort of bohemian upbringing, and I remember chatting to Ray Fiennes, for instance. He had quite a sort of nomadic... Uh, he and his siblings wandered all around Ireland and other places, but it doesn't seem to have done them any harm. So no. It depends on if they were loved, mm. I think. And I think this feeling of not... I mean, I think she loved them, Judy. She was trying to survive her own upbringing mm. and trying to, you know, trying to get through life herself. And I, I, I think they probably felt fairly unloved. Because I think she made, a, she made a genuine attempt to live in a different way. Yes. And in a yes. new way, and I think one shouldn't... Some, uh, some people have thought she's a bit sort of feckless, which I suppose she is in a way, but I think she does genuinely believe in her ideal. Oh, yeah, no, I think she does, and still does. And I mm -hmm. think leaving school, uh, leaving, get, getting to university in 1968, when it was hugely, you know, there was a huge student movement, mm. political movement, and for her, it was her first big rebellion, and she, you know, rebelling against the authoritarian father, mm. against, and then along with everyone else, against society as it was at the time and wanting to change it. All of that was heaven to her, and I think it was a re huge release, and I think she never overcame that. It's like people who went through World War II, and mm. it's not the same, I'm not, but in one sense, in that that was the most extraordinary experience, you never quite overcome it. And it's, it was, for her, I think it was a, at the peak of her life, and she, so she's never let go of those, mm. those 1960s radical ideals. And, um, I mean, did yeah. you have to, because... Let's face it, Julie, you and I are of a generation who remember we were around in the 1960s. How so. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then, of course, I'm teen. <laughs> oh, that's my job. I should be doing yes, that. Yes, you haven't poured. Now I know. Teen. It's shocking. I'm sorry. Shall I, what about milk first? Shall I do the milk? Oh, you better stop being so posh. Okay. <laughs> Go on, then. Well, we are at the National Theatre. We're at the National Theatre of Great Britain, and we have biscuits. What I was going so. to say, I mean, how much of um, the 60s spirit kind of reached you in the West Midlands. Can you, were you kind of aware? Was there, was there flower power in Smethwick? I'm sorry, it just, no. Um, <laughs> but there was at Manchester Polytechnic School of Theatre, ah, may I say to you. Which is where you fetched up. Was where I fetched where I trained, actually. <laughs> um, yes, no, there was. And, mm. and it, was, it was very trendy to be a student mm. then in those days. I mean, I went on demonstrations and everything. And I can't remember what they were for. I can remember. <laughs> so much for your festival. I know. But I can remember. I had my boyfriend then saying to me, "There's an anti-apartheid demonstration." I thought, oh, "Blimey, what's that?" <laughs> and he said, um, "Yes." So I said, "Yes." So he said, "Do you want? You're going to come on it?" I said, oh, "Well, I, he said, oh, so you condone apartheid?" <laughs> you? So I said, "Hang on a minute. I had to go upstairs and look up. First of all, condone, <laughs> and then." And then apartheid. Well, that took me all day. <laughs> Mainly because it wasn't spelled A-P-A-R-T-I-T-E. Do you see? Anyway, so, so it was a bit... <laughs> I've told him about that since we're friends, too. Anyway, yes. What but, did you ask me? I can't well, we were, talking, we were talking about the spirit of the age, you know, the zeitgeist of the 60s, and I wondered yes. how much... Because I remember, you know, in Edinburgh, rather... Dis it all seemed to be... There was a sort of air of excitement about things yes. were possible... Even in people, Edinburgh. Even in Edinburgh. Yes. 
Well, heart, one, 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 one or two things, but it's like, you know, there were great music in the charts and oh, riots, yeah. Evénement de May in Paris in 68, yeah. Summer of Love oh, in 67. Yeah. Oh, the music alone. Mm. I just feel very privileged to have come through those, the 60s and the early 70s with, with the, the music that we had in those days. And uh, what did you ask me? <laughs> I just, <laughs> just picked up on the music. What I was going to say, though, is you're a bit of a rebel yourself, because I don't, I, I'm right in thinking you were asked to leave school. Oh, I was. It sounds a bit sort of more exciting than it was. I just never went. <laughs> and um, it's in the sixth form it was. So, yes. I, was, so I was asked. I was asked to leave. Uh, what did they say I was? Um, well, subversive. I had to go and look that up as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't, didn't they accuse you of getting up to high jinks? Well, I think, yes, yeah, something like. Mm -hmm. I can't, I, I, there was a bit of that. Yes. Now, what did that, what was that, what did, tales, what did high jinks mean then? What had you been doing? Well, first, not, mm -hmm. the, not turning up and going to the Capola Arch in Smethwick. <laughs> <laughs> where we used to go and have tea and cakes and things like that, my friend and I, instead of going. And, um, there was, there, well, the other thing, I suppose there was one thing. There was, there was this horrible French teacher who was very cold, and, and she was teaching the French class that I was meant to be in. I was doing A-level French. Mm. And, but it was one of these partitioned classrooms with a wooden partition. And I can, oh, this is a terrible thing. I don't know why I'm telling you this now. You won't like me, I think. Anyway. <laughs> She was teaching, and, I, and my friend and I, we were going to go off. We weren't going to, weren't in the class. And I picked up one of these chairs and threw it at the partition. Well, the noise was, imagine, I thought she was going to have a heart attack. Like, she, <gasps> like this. Anyway, so that was one of the mm. major events. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's like something like rock around the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Of course, I'd never do anything like that. So what, what did your parents, <laughs> what did your parents make of being asked, you being asked to leave? Well, they didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> But my parents didn't, well, but Mr. Taylor, who we were all in love with, the deputy head, gave me a letter and said, he uh, told me I was subversive, mm -hmm. and gave me this letter and said, I want you to give this to your mother. Wrong. <laughs> of course, I was not going to do that. So I posted that into a dustbin on the way home <laughs> and went and said to my mother that I'd reached a momentous decision. Mm -hmm. I was going, I, I didn't need to stay on for my A-levels. What I would do is I, I wanted to be a nurse, which is what she wanted me to be. And I had got in at a local nursing school. I didn't want to do it. But I thought, well, I can do it. I don't have to tell her. I'll tell her I'll do that. So I said, I, 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 I want to be a nurse, Mum. She goes, oh, well, yes, but you can still finish it. No, 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 Mum, I'll tell you what. I won't, I'll get a job, and then I can save. Save was very important to my mother. She very was completely obsessed with saving everything. So she says, oh, yeah, that's a great plan. So that was it. So I went into nursing. Big mistake. But anyway. <laughs> well, you were there for 18 months or so? Oh, anyway. Yes, just, just over. Just yeah. over. Mm. And did it give you, I mean, did you watch the people? Did you study the people for sort of future reference? But, you know. Well, I think, you, I think actors just do that mm. anyway. We just, you know... You just take people in. It's like because they used to say at drama school, go and sit in a cafe and, and I thought and watch people, you know, or on the tube you watch people. And I thought, well, yeah, I do that anyway. I'm completely fascinated. I'm sure lots of people are, you know, and but actors are particularly, and I think people go in, and, and definitely people went in <laughs> in, the, in the nursing days. It was an amazing experience. And where did the sort of performing urge come from? Because it's not in the family. I also, there's an uncle that directed plays in Ireland. Am I yes, right he did. That? Yeah, and I didn't know that. No. That's really interesting. I didn't know that till long after I'd been an actor. And, um, and, and they're all a bit dramatic. I mean, my grandfather used to, apparently, um, he used to, uh, uh, what's the word, recite great famous court cases. <laughs> <laughs> in the local Shabin or something in Ireland. I don't know, but apparently he used to do that. And people flocked. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
So there's a bit of it. My mother was terribly dramatic. Everything yeah. was dramatic. You couldn't tell her anything. If you told her you had any worries, oh my God, it would be, <laughs> you know, it would be heightened beyond. Yeah. So, you know, she, she hugely puts the drama into everything. Whereas my husband completely takes it out. And I can see why I'm with him. Because <laughs> he'll say, it's just a play. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a television play. <laughs> that scene you're worried about, someone would go, they would laugh at the country, be going out putting the kettle on at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you know. oh. But I love that. Yes. I love the fact yeah. that he does that, because he immediately brings everything down. I think, oh, yeah, thanks. Sometimes it can be a bit depressing, but <laughs> generally it's great for me. But you'd had no, you didn't know what actors were like. I mean, how, you, did you sort of... Just want, you knew you wanted to perform, so you knew about drama school, you got into drama school, but was it all a, a tremendous learning curve, not just rushing off to look up the dictionary every five <laughs> minutes? I mean, this, the, the way of life was so different from oh. what you knew. Oh, no, it was heaven. It suddenly, after nursing, my yes, difficulties with nursing over the, over the 18 months, and then I worked for a while in shops and factories and things up in Manchester where my boyfriend was, and then I started the course, and it was like... Oh, suddenly being in the right gear in a car instead of straining along in first gear, you know, 40 miles an hour or something, burning out your engine or whatever you'd do if you did that. But it felt, that's what it, it felt like, oh, great, here we are. This it's like is coming home, finding your Yes, region. and suddenly I had confidence, mm -hmm. the kind of confidence that I didn't really have before, that I haven't got now. <laughs> you know, then yeah. I thought, yes, I could do anything mm -hmm. as an actor. You know, I was, you know, oh, I won't go into that, but, you know. That suit got knocked off. Right. <laughs> the corners got knocked off that view of but, myself. I mean, the Everyman Theatre in Liverpool, that was, the, that was one of the turning points in your yes. career, oh, wasn't it? It was an amazing starting mm. point because Willie Russell, who wrote Educating Rita, was there, was a resident playwright. Alan Bleasdale, who did Boys from the Black Stuff and so many other wonderful stuff for television, he wrote for, you know... It was just the best place you and could... And great actors as well. And Jonathan great. Price. Jonathan Price gave me my first job, mm. yeah. Because um, he was doing a little... He was, do, he was doing the first half of the season or something That's while right. Alan Dosser was away. Mm. So I auditioned for him and he gave me my first job. Yeah, Pete Postlethwaite was there. Um, Trevor Eve, Tony Cher. Mm. Uh, oh, God, loads of others. I'm going to miss that. Alison Steadman. Yeah. Loads of fantastic people. It was a wonderful place. To and be. I remember Jonathan telling me about the sort of principles of the Everyman, which aren't so far removed from what Judy in the play would tend to support. Would you agree with yes, that? Yes, no, absolutely. It felt it was community, real community theatre. It served theatre to me had kind of meant something very middle class before mm. I went there. I thought it was somewhere we never went. You know, I, I went to the school. Mm. Uh, I, I saw. I saw. Um, who did I see? Oh, oh, not Laurence Olivier. <laughs> Who was that? John Gielgud? No, no. Playing Iago. Uh, Frank uh, Finlay? Frank Finlay playing Iago. Mm. Of course, of, of my school. We were all eating crisps and talking through it. <laughs> you know, and uh, like this. And it didn't, didn't feel, I f felt that it was a club I didn't belong to somewhere. In a strange sort of way. But at the Everyman, it was for that community. There were plays about, we did other plays. We did Shakespeare and all sorts. But it kind of invited them in and you you know it, it was a wonderful experience. I think the first time I saw you in something was in Breeze Block Park. Oh yes. Which was Willie Russell yes. again, wasn't it? At the well it was then the Whitehall Theatre. Yes. Because uh, you I think you transferred from the Mermaid. That's right. Yeah. We've and done that, it at the Everyman. Yes. First. Was that kind of getting this is you were coming to London, presumably for sort of the first time work wise. I mean I 
Had you done other things in the West End? Oh, yes, it, before yeah. that. But we did mm. it with another play from The Everyman came down to London called Funny Peculiar. Well, it ran forever at the Garrick. It did. Yeah. It did. <laughs> and, um, yes, I was in it for most of it. And, mm. and yes, with Richard Beckinsale, mm. he played uh, the, the male lead in it. And we all came, yeah, that's what sort of got mm. me into London, yes. really. And then we did Willie's mm. Breezeblock Park after that. And Educated Reader came a lot later. Right. And it was about that time you first met Victoria Wood, wasn't it? It was. It was. I, met, we, I did a play at the Bush Theatre called In at the Death. I think that was, must have been before that. Anyway, it's 1978. Mm. And, um, and she said, we've met before on the first day. I said, no, I don't think so. She had no idea. She'd auditioned for Manchester Polytechnic while I was a first-year student. Oh. And, um, and, and, I, and I looked at her and said, oh, yes, I remember this little girl with glasses throwing up into a bucket, which she did. <laughs> she was so nervous. And she didn't get in. So, and I've said, told everybody in the press, of course, about the fact that she didn't get in. And I got a letter from the, from the director of Manchester Polytechnic. Please, will you stop saying <laughs> she didn't get in? <laughs> Here I am again. <laughs> but uh, Victoria eventually won, won through, thanks to oh, this yes. small uh, uh, letter to you. I mean, you, you seem to be an immediate sort of... Are you kindred spirits? Was there a sort of immediate kind of... It's weird, isn't it? What an empathy between you. When yes. You what is it? I don't know. What, what, why do we have bonds with certain people mm. and not with... Sometimes I think we just don't know why you mm. have these bonds. But the, yes, the minute she wrote this piece for us at the bush... It was the hit of the night. It was really hilarious and um, stuck out, you know. And then, and, and I don't know. I felt like everything was specially for me. Oh, hello. <laughs> I felt like everything was specially for me. Mm. And, and, but it's just because she's a good writer. It's like mm. when you read a good novel, mm. you think, well, no one else is going to understand this like me. Mm. It's because it's wonderful writing. And, um, but yes, no, we did hit it up. We find the same things funny. I guess that's it. We made one another laugh. I mean, are you good mates away from the works, working space, or well, do you kind of keep your distance from each other? We don't keep our distance, but we, it's mainly email, because she lives in North London and I live in West Sussex. Yeah. So, but we do, mm. we do keep in touch, yes, definitely. Any chance of her writing something for you both in the future? That we'll I, be don't, I don't know. Mm. We'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait and see what, because I mean, I uh, saw her a couple of years ago, I think, at the Royal Albert Hall. And there she was. The place was completely packed, so yeah. that, and it was it was thrilling to see the mastery oh, she God. had over that audience. Oh yeah, she. There's no one like her, is there? And I yet mean, she's, she's given it up, has she not? Yes, I think she's had enough of that. Yes, shame. She, she might do one or two. Well, you never know, do you? Well, More, but but I think it's exhausting all of that mm. on your own as well. And yeah, educating so. Rita, you mentioned earlier, and that was the sort of breakthrough for you in a way, I suppose. That kind of established you as to, to a wider yes. public. It was a combination of educating Rita, Victoria's mm -hmm. stuff, which was happening, mm -hmm. happened just as that, that the, the play had come out, and then I'd worked with her, and then, on, uh, you know, for television. Mm -hmm. and, and also, around that time was Boys from the Black stuff, mm -hmm. and Alan Bennett's um, yes, talking heads talking all heads. came in a matter of a couple of years of one another. And I think that's what, what did it, really. And also, because you worked with Mike Lee on Ecstasy. Didn't I did, you? I yes. I saw, saw you in that as well. Yes. Have you worked with heaven. Mike since? No, but he's asked me, but I've never been there. I've not been mm -hmm. free, or it's, I couldn't do it for various reasons. But I loved working. Mm. I loved it, doing that play with him. It was like a magical mystery tour. You never knew where we were going to be guided. And you, you, you made the character. And I went to see the recent production mm -hmm. of it. It was amazing. And I thought, gosh... They're my lines. <laughs> Those are my lines from this girl I based it on from home. It was really weird. 
watching it. She did it brilliantly as well, the girl that did it. But and Educate Rita took you, well, got a, you're an Oscar nomination, as indeed did Billy Elliot. Have you ever been tempted to work in America and to try uh, see what life is like over there? Not really, because, I, well, I was out there mm -hmm. with Educated Rita yeah. when it first came out mm. there. And no, I, I never felt um, at one with it at all. And uh, it, it, actually, I, all the best writing is here, I feel, mm. for me. And, you know, if you're American, then it's going to probably be there. But, but all the best, I like stuff that's about my own roots mm -hmm. and my own culture, I suppose. I could have stayed at the time, and, and they were trying to sort of, they didn't know what to do with me anyway. I've got all these awful rom-com scripts and, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, well, anyone. The, the, those parts that you don't, could mm -hmm. be played in the 1900 ways because mm. they're not very well written, mm. you know. So I, I'm, just, I'm not interested in that. I wasn't interested in just trying to make it in America. Mm. No, I, I just think um, I'd rather be here. <laughs> well, we'd rather you were here too, absolutely. <laughs> so talk, and now you, as I mentioned earlier on, you played Mo Mola, I mean, you played... Mary Whitehouse, um, did, did you always feel a special responsibility when you play real people? Oh, yes. Well, yes, definitely, because especially to, if they're alive. Mm. And um, obviously those two women, the three women that I played recently that were real mm -hmm. people uh, were sadly gone. So, but, but then you have their families and you think you've got to respect their memory. And, and so th there is that. There, um, it does feel a huge responsibility that you get things right, and uh, usually the script—you know—the scripts were wonderful. Mm. So, and the family have been involved on all of those. Yes. So, so that's fine. But, but what's great about it is there's a great mine of information that you can start mm. getting into and finding out. Like with Mo, I had, I had a, a documentary that was made by Granada on her, and um, they they sent me the footage and. The camera had never been turned off, even in between all... They were asking her questions about, uh, about the political questions. And, um, but in between, you got Mo sort of saying, well, oh, good, oh, for God's sake, come on, let's, let's give her a drink, boys, and all of this, you mm. know. So you've got the real... Or you could see her getting annoyed, or you could see her being tired, or you could see her being really funny. And so that, that it was really interesting to have someone to... It was scary as well, mm. because I don't look anything like her. No well, exactly, because you, you, you felt that you... But you're not, giving, you're not doing the impersonation, are you? You're, not, you're doing no. a characterisation. Yes. I mean, you have to, to a certain extent, because she, Mo had died only about six years before. Mm. And so I said to my husband, do you, re do you remember her? Do you remember how... Not do you remember her. Do you remember how she spoke? And he said, yes, she had a sort of uh, quite a high... Oh, God, he remembers how she spoke. So if Grant remembers, then other people will. <laughs> oh, no, you know. And then, you know, and... and, and yeah, so... It's, but she had a very specific way of speaking, and yes. I thought it's partly who she is. So you couldn't just do it sort of in my voice. I had to sort of take that on. I mean, you also have to make judgments about the character. Mm. Uh, you, I mean, you're not doing a kind of... Uh, it's not a sort of uh, everything's one, ro all, you know, ro roses all the way no. type portrayal. You want to uh, warts and all characterization, don't you? So do you feel uh, slightly intimidated by suggesting that maybe sometimes they didn't act in a very nice way or had sort no. of shortcomings? Or no. 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 Uh, it's got to be a real mm -hmm. port. There's no point in doing it otherwise. If it was all sort of, it wasn't she a gas, mm -hmm. wasn't she good, for, you know, which she was. There was a, there's a real person there dealing with mm -hmm. something huge, you know, her illness and, her, and, and all of the repercussions of it. And so it had to be real. And the family all, you know, they, get, they gave a lot of the information. Yes. That's where it came from. So, 
And I understood you when you played magnificently a short stay in Switzerland, which I'm, for the audience who didn't see it was about a woman planning her own death, mm. in effect. Now, that must have been terribly hard for you. I mean, did you feel personally affected by the issue? Oh, God, yeah, everybody involved mm. in it did. It was so depressing. Unlike Mo, who, you know, obviously dies in the end in the film, Mo was, you know, not preparing. She was preparing to live, most of mm. it. She was acute, but right from, you know, within a few minutes of the film starting, um, Anne, Anne Turner was prepared, yeah. as you say, yeah. trying to deal with this awful illness and wanting to die and wanting to get it over mm. with. And uh, so, yeah, it was very depressing. I mean, you'd look round on the set and people, <laughs> you know, the crew and people, you know. So I was very glad when it was over, I have to say. But what's a fantastic scene, though, was you and Harriet Walter. Uh, oh, yes. When she tries to talk you out of it. Oh, well, it's, it's more than that. It's a kind of discussion about the morality of yes, it. Yes, yes. Which was really fantastic. Mm, uh, mm. A fantastic. No, I thought it was uh, a wonderful, wonderful piece. But mm. as you said, we're getting a bit depressing. All, the, all these characters yeah. who don't, <laughs> don't make it to the final credits. No, even the... Uh, sure, oh, <laughs> Hush thy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Mamma Mia, now that must be a lot more fun. Than she <laughs> yes, she didn't say. die. No, she <laughs> didn't. <laughs> Tell us about working with Meryl and, and all Pierce oh, she's and amazing. Colin and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah, no, they were mm. great. It, it was an extraordinary experience. And, and Meryl is like a force of nature. Mm. I mean, she's a proper actor. And she, you don't feel, oh, here's a... She doesn't behave like a star. She's completely, you know, hard-working. God, she's got so much energy. She's got about the energy of ten people. And, um, and endlessly creative. And she, no, she was great. And all for it, very supportive of Phila Deloitte, who'd never directed a film no. before. And, you know, and hard for a woman. Films are very blokish, really, generally speaking. And so very hard for her to, to you know, plough her own furrow. Because, you know, you've got people saying, oh, well, we can't shoot that, we haven't got time. Or, no, we're going to shoot it this way and this sort of thing. And, and Meryl really you know, backed mm. her up. And when she was getting letters from Hollywood, you know, emails from Hollywood saying, do this, do this, we're, we do this, Meryl said, shred them. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So she was very supportive of it. And, oh, yes, and Colin, I, lo and Colin, I love anyway. Mm. He's fantastic. And, um, and Piers, I really loved Piers. <laughs> He's heaven. He's exactly like you. He's just a really nice man. <laughs> really lovely. They were all lovely. It was, it was beautiful, that being out in Greece and everything at the end. That was a bit like a holiday. Now, I mentioned Shakespeare early on. Of course, you have given your Lady M. I, I have. And you've also just done, well, Mistress Quickly in yes. the BBC's Shakespeare uh, sort of mini-series. They're doing it called uh, this, The Hollow Crime, which is yes. going to be seen in a couple of next couple of weeks, aren't yes. they? So tell me about your relationship with the Bard. Would you like to have done a bit more or do a bit more or...? I wasn't bothered earlier. I loved doing Lady mm. M. I loved doing that. That was fantastic. That was some years back. But, and I, I wasn't sure. And then they sent the script, and I thought, oh, I've, I've never been, I've, I've never thought, oh, no, I must do Shakespeare. Mm. I haven't really felt that. But doing it this time, doing Mistress Quickly, I loved it. I suddenly wasn't afraid of it, I suppose. I'm more afraid of it when I was younger. Mm. Like, I don't understand it, you know. It's all, how am I ever going to make that real and all of this? But... Suddenly, because also, I suppose, may, maybe Mistress Quickly is easier to understand, but it was just heaven. And we had Richard Eyre mm -hmm. and Thea um, Starrett. 
sorry, <laughs> yes, um, directing, she mm. directed Henry V and, and Richard Eyre directed the two parts, the two parts yeah. of Henry IV. And um, so Mistress Quickly is in all of those. And, um, but it was heaven with Simon Russell Beale. It your was heaven rolling, about. our first scene was rolling about in the mud together. Both of us padded, you know, so <laughs> like this. It was really good. And the, you can imagine, quite, this is a weird thing of an actor's life. The, you know, the first time we spoke virtually, I was on top of him like this, and we were talking away. They go, oh, did you come down by train? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're like this far apart. And I'm thinking, oh dear. Yeah, anyway. Yes, but it was really, really good fun. And um, I loved it, yes. I re and it did make me think, God, I'm too old now to play any of the leads, really, or anything. But um, it was, I loved it. Yes, good. Well, we shall look forward to seeing that. I mean, it's, I ran through all those extraordinary credits of yours earlier on. I mean, most actors don't tend to look back. They don't think about their past achievements very much. I mean, do yeah. you think about them much, or do you, are you much more interested in the next job and the next uh, engagement? Not interested in either thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> I, I, I suppose I'm more interested in the present, really, mm. than, than... I'm less interested in the next job. as I, When I was young, yes, that's what it was. Definitely that. You know, it doesn't matter about what's gone, that's finished, it's history, now what next? Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm more, I'm not like that now. I do think, oh, I wonder if anything will come on, you know, more interested in my tomatoes half the time. <laughs> <laughs> my raised beds, which are like a jungle now. Anyway, because they haven't been tended, but anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, not so much, but, uh, and I don't look back now. I, mm. nev I never look at anything I've done. No. Mamma Mia came on the television. Oh my God, the other night when I got home, I turned on the television. I could have immediately turned it over. I don't want to watch that. Because you don't, you think you'd be embarrassed by it, or you just Park. yes, <laughs> you're just not interested. That was then, and this is now. Yes. a lot of actors seem to be. Yeah, I mean, do you you talk about Meryl Streep not being starred? Do you think of yourself as a star because you are? You're, you can come again. Oh, I will. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, and what that entails, you know, um, in terms no. of no, no, I think of myself as an actor. Mm. Don't think of myself. No. And that's a sort of media thing, isn't mm -hmm. it, weirdo? Yeah, no, I don't think of that. But obviously, you know, the more responsibility one has, actors want to get that responsibility and have that kind of lead, this, that focus, because uh, you get, tend to get better parts and perhaps have more control over what you do. Yes, through, through success in one part, you yes. definitely, that leads yeah. on to, to other stuff, yes. And you're glad, obviously, you, that, that pleases you, oh, yes, you've achieved no. that. Yes, yes, you have a, certain, a little mm. bit more power. I mean, you mm. can say, no, I don't want to, you know, who's going to direct it? Not with Howard, he was already here. Yeah. But you know what I mean, with other stuff. Yes. You, you, you could not, you know, you can discuss it up ahead more. So are you a bit like, you know, Alexander the Great, when he got to India, he was disappointed because there were no more worlds to conquer. I mean, do you feel, are there <laughs> parts you want to, you want to conquer? Are there worlds, you know, you want to other worlds. shine in? Brain surgery. Like that. <laughs> well, you're a writer now too, aren't you? You've written your novel. Yes, I do like writing. Well. Yeah, I do, yes. And I, I, I'd like to write something else. Mm -hmm. Mainly because you can just do it at home, <laughs> on your own. You know, you're in your own With time. With tomatoes, maybe. You yes, know, that's right. Do a bit of tomatoes in between. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, so I probably would like to write something else. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, I'd know. I, what do I... What, Worlds to conquer, probably my own world, my own personal mm. world, not to conquer it, but to be, 
at, at ease with it and at home with it, which I, I sort of am, but I'd mm -hmm. like to pursue it a bit more. I like being at home. <laughs> it's a lazy old bugger. Really. <laughs> that, it's, a, it's hard to reconcile that with an actor's career, really, because you have to be away from home. I yeah, think. I know. Well, I think that's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be back, but yes. Do you, when you're at home, do you long to be at the, at the workplace? And when you're working, do you long to be at home? Not there, there has, it has been like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether, uh, in the last 10 years, I don't think I've longed, when is a job going to come mm -hmm. in? I haven't felt that, no. Because they tend to come along pretty regularly, I imagine. I mean, the, the postman probably suffers from curvature no. of the spine, the <laughs> amount of scripts he brings to your door. No. no. Mm -hmm. There's a little trickle of stuff that yes. comes in over the year. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of it I don't, I don't want to do, not necessarily because it's terrible, well, some of it is, but um, but because I've been there before, or mm. uh, they want what they've seen before, mm. or or it's just uh, there's no, it's not a good not not a good script, I suppose. Or, or it's just, so often it's stuff I would like, quite like to watch, mm -hmm. but <coughs> not, necessarily not necessarily do. Because <laughs> no. it really has to, it has to really get your juices going. Yes, you? this really did. Yes. This is one of the things, one of the only things for a long time that I felt excited about when this came through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been exciting having you back here, Julia. Oh, Barrett. thank you. Julia, it's been one of the greatest in conversations <laughs> ever, I think. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in showing our appreciation for Miss Julie Walters. <laughs>